What's going on, Sunbelt fans? My name is Dominic Crescetto. We're going to jump into the Week 7 wrap-up. Uh, we already touched on this one last week, so we'll just jump into it um, real quick with the Louisiana at Marshall that was last Wednesday. Ended up being a 23-13 victory for the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, I kind of called that one in favor of Marshall 21-17 and, uh, you know, obviously was wrong on that one. I thought Marshall would get back on the winning track. Uh, Woolridge looked great. Goes for 230 two touchdowns, and that Marshall offense just really struggled for whatever reason. Um, you could point to the ground game, although Laburn, of course, goes to 120 and has two touchdowns. So, you know, he just had one long run of 12 yards. So it wasn't a big chunks. It was a lot of little stuff that got him to 120 and uh, some carries near the end zones that got him to two touchdowns. So, as far as the quarterback position, just really wasn't getting it done. Nothing through the air. So Marshall continues to struggle there offensively. We'll see if that can change going into this week um, against James Madison. We will preview that in the next episode, however. We will jump into the game of the week and the upset of the week. As we called last week, Georgia Southern takes down number 25, Coast, uh, sorry, number 25, JMU, down there in Statesboro, uh, and I'll tell you what, this one is just kind of what we predicted. Georgia Southern's got something going on. They, they've won three games at home against ranked opponents, and all of them have been in-conference foes. Uh, they've taken down Appalachian State twice and knocked them out of the rankings almost immediately after being ranked. They end up doing the same exact thing here to James Madison this past week. We called this game James Madison 37, Georgia Southern 40. Ends up being James Madison 38, Georgia Southern 45. So real, real close on the score there and went kind of as expected as far as I was concerned. It was kind of like those small minor mistakes that James Madison was making could possibly become a bigger deal. Uh, they still didn't have any... Well, I, I guess Santeo ends up having three interceptions, which was very unlikely for him. Uh, some of them were a little unlucky. I had a, a decent game on the ground still overall because he, he only had 44 yards, but he did score three touchdowns on the ground himself. Uh, and the running game was back to being pretty successful for them. Uh, Percy goes for 106 yards total. Um, and then, you know, they had two receivers that had over 100 yards. So, you know, as far as statistically, they put up around the you know, the 38 points, that's still a good amount of points. It's just when you have a team on the other side, like Georgia Southern, you know that they can be dangerous to put up a lot of points. We've seen them do it against a number of opponents this year, most noticeably against uh, Nebraska up there in that shootout. And and as we talked about, Van Trees kind of gets those interceptions, those bad throws under control. He does throw one in the game, but he throws four touchdowns and 578 yards to overcome that one minor mistake, which was Crazy, because if you look at the other statistics, they rushed the ball for a total of six yards as a team. Um, so absolutely the opposite of what we typically see out of a Georgia Southern offense, but a very impressive victory nonetheless. Um, they came to play, and they took advantage of the mistakes JMU made. Uh, a very enjoyable game to watch, though, very much back and forth, and uh, even you know a real close game up till that, that very end there. After that, we'll jump into the next surprise of the weekend. Uh, this one is one I called in favor of Coastal Carolina, 31-18, and I was way off. I uh, did not see this one coming. Old Dominion ends up taking this one 49-17. 
to 21 against previously undefeated Coastal Carolina. Uh, just a massively impressive victory, although I would say in the first half, it kind of looked maybe how people you know expected. Um, it was only a 14-7 game at the half. Uh, Watson starts breaking open some runs and kind of performs the way that I think a lot of people were hoping for kind of going into the season. Um, I, well, he probably overperformed what people would even expect. He went for 256 and three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, and then he was aided with Wolf's pretty good performance as well. Um, he only goes for 180 through the air, but he does throw two touchdowns. So, and you know, uh, DJ Mack, the backup quarterback, who's more of their run option guy, he, uh, he gets a carry and gets into the end zone as well, even though it was really his only real play of the day. Um, as far as that's concerned, but you know Jennings again, their go-to receiver. He shows up, doesn't quite have a hundred yards, but he does get a touchdown through the air. Um, they did a pretty good job spreading the ball around, especially without having their big tight end uh, Kuntz as a as a receiver out there this week. Uh, just an overly very impressive performance all the way around. Uh, they held Grayson McCall in check and held that coastal defense. I mean, sorry, that coastal rushing offense in check. Uh, Coastal only rushed for 15 yards, so it's it's kind of similar to that Georgia Southern uh, game we just talked about where you, you don't get it done on the ground, but you do get it done really well through the air. Next up, we'll jump into the Monroe versus South Alabama game. This one went pretty close to as expected. I called this one in favor of South Alabama, 34-24. It ends up being 41-34, so a little bit higher scoring, but still... The same victor as we thought going into the game. Um, again, this one on the NFL Network was pretty enjoyable to watch because of that presentation they've got there. A little back and forth to start with, um, and a pretty close game at the half. And then South Alabama breaks it open more towards the end of the third quarter, and you kind of felt like it was out of reach. Although, you know, Monroe scores back and kind of keeps it in check and Hal just went off for Monroe the Warhawks he went for 244 and three touchdowns through the air uh, so easily his biggest game of the year uh, and he had a great performance but it wasn't enough to overcome what South Alabama did uh, Bradley the quarterback over there goes for 420 and three touchdowns uh, two to Lee well I'm sorry leaves rushing for two and went for almost 100 yards with 93 um, but then they spread the ball around through the air, and they had three wide receivers with over 120 yards apiece. So we know that this conference has been known as a as a running, a rushing conference overall. That has drastically changed over the last year or two, and especially this year. Again, South Alabama went for 44 yards on the ground, and you know it just doesn't make sense really <laughs> when you think about where this conference has been and what's been successful in the past and now to look at it this year and it's like an air raid air attack type offenses that are succeeding and having all this um you know these types of plays go their way so it's a really interesting dynamic that we're seeing taking place in the Sun Belt this season jumping into the next one Arkansas State versus South, uh, Southern Miss this one I did call as a one-point difference. So I called it in favor of Arkansas State, 28-27. It does end up being a one-point difference, but Southern Miss actually takes this one 20-19. to So a very good game to watch. 
Uh, it was a lot of defense, but we kind of had the feeling that was going to be the way it was going in. Um, I well, I guess when I when I predict uh, over. 27 points apiece then you know I'm, I'm not thinking it's going to be heavily defensive but um we know that southern miss defense is aggressive and can get after the ball and they did just that uh even when they were making allowing uh the red wolves to make some plays you should see some of the hits if you didn't watch this game <laughs> i don't know where, what highlight package would show this tremendously but southern miss just brings the hit stick out. I mean, they're just nailing guys. Uh, and again, sometimes they're getting the yardage before they're getting that big hit. But those those got to play into the minds of those offensive players that they're just going to get crushed when they get the ball. So it's, a, it's always going to be in favor of that team that's delivering that type of intensity and tenacity to keep going after those offensive players. And it obviously worked through the end here. But this was a weird game in the third quarter. You know, Arkansas State goes up. 19 to 7 you just think man it, you know southern miss just can't get it done offensively it's not going to work but they didn't give up and they came back it was obviously not to the scoring aspect but it was reminiscent of that uh, app state james madison game where app state was up quite a bit early and then allowed james madison to kind of take over and be the the team that was the only team succeeding towards the end uh and frank gore gets that touchdown to break it closer 19 14 and then you know, they get that the last touchdown there real close to the end of the game, um, just over two minutes left, and take this one, take this one, take this one by this one by the a, a fun game to watch because of how it came down to the end. Um, I did see some stuff online saying a lot of Southern Miss fans may have left early, so that's a disappointment to hear that uh, some people cleared out before seeing their team come back and, and take a victory there at home. Uh, but good for Southern Miss getting right back on the same track uh, as people have wanted them to. Um, it looks like, you know, quarterback-wise, they've got another uh, toss-up as far as what they're going to do going forward. But Gore continues to be uh, that running back that they need just under 100 yards, 96 total, and one touchdown on the day. Last game of the week, Texas State at Troy. I called this one in favor of Troy, 27-18. to Troy ends up taking it in a much closer battle, 17-14. And uh, this one was... I guess we want to say that this one was close really throughout um, and closer than maybe a lot of people predicted. Uh, But what did we say going into this one is that Texas state has kind of turned that corner a little bit. They've kind of hit in a stride and uh, you know, I think before the season, if you told people at Texas state, they'd be three and four. I mean, no one would have been thrilled with that by any means, but with the schedule that they've got, it would be an improvement over where they've been over the past several seasons. So I think overall, this team is performing at a much better level. Uh, the win-loss record isn't exactly what anybody would desire, but it does it does look better when you're actually watching it via the eye test versus just what the record is in total. Uh, this team is much better than they have been and you know, gave Troy a team that a lot of people have thought is near the top of the conference on no matter which side you're talking about uh, a good quality test here Uh, Troy goes up early 10 nothing and you might think oh this one's gonna maybe get out of control but there was a scoreless first quarter so you don't know and then Texas State scores right before the half to make it that close game 10-7 and then keeps it close throughout the rest of the game Uh, but nobody really broke open scoring in the in the second half it was a, a touchdown apiece for the teams so there was some struggle there. That that defense tightened up on both sides. Uh, both quarterbacks played 
I'd say pretty well overall. I mean, Hatcher had 207 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions to note in this one. Uh, both teams, again, just like the rest of the conference, seem to struggle there with running the ball. Um, you know, neither one of them had more than 20 yards on the ground. Um, but Watson goes out there and throws for 240 at a touchdown. He does have one interception, uh, but looks like he could be the guy going back again. We'll have to wait and see on that. I just think it's it's a tremendous swing of events as far as the rushing and power running games that we've seen in the past to this air attack. But it's exciting to watch because of that because we can have some really high scoring games or some games that could come down to the wire and you don't know who's going to win because they could get downfield quickly with those passing attacks. So this is still the we love to watch this exciting conference. I look forward to previewing these games. That one's going to come out faster than usual since we've got a Wednesday and Thursday kickoff this week uh, with Georgia State at App State and Troy at South Alabama. Should be two great matchups. Can't wait to preview those. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you later.